Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, and if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. So here we are, episode seven of the One Punch Pod here on BT Sport. Me, Brian Lacey, alongside... Brad One Punch Piggy. <laughs> here he is. First of all, happy eggs, mate. Happy, happy eggs. Happy eggs. Did you have a good Easter? I did. I had a very good Easter. I actually went to the Isle of Wight uh, with the family. I mean, I don't get many weekends for three. I mean, like, because... I'm a coach all during the week and at the weekends a lot of people are fighting or fight shows yeah, so sure. quite, quite busy uh, so this one was actually free I really enjoyed it I, th- I mean like I'm changed a little bit where when I, I was a kid my, I never really used to go far on holidays we used to go down to the Isle of Wight you know that's what I used to go to Sina Warren and Devon and stuff like yeah, that my sure. family I used to always think oh yeah I need to take my kids to Dubai I need to go to this and I actually went to the Isle of Wight and it was beautiful it was such an amazing weather and the best selling point for me going to Isle of Wight is I could bring my dog. And she is, she is as much... Bonnie on the beach. I mean, she is much as part of my family as anything yeah, else. Yeah. So, like, for me, having my dog there is amazing. So, oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, I watched it. I watched it vicariously. I lived through you because I was on my own at Easter in this beautiful sunshine. I took my dog on a long walk every afternoon. This is a dog-based podcast. <laughs> yeah. I took it on a long walk every afternoon. And it, do you know what's great? The sun was shining and you'd, you'd hear different noises like through as I walked down past the, 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 the sort of the playground and the estate and then... Some I, screams, some, some gunshots. Screams, gunshots going, oh, please, siren. <laughs> mopeds yeah. it was beautiful mate it was, yeah. it was lovely but you know what I because I was walking around and you know it was the sound of the, I didn't put my iPad on or anything but I could smell barbecues cooking I could hear people having fun in their back garden parties going also it was it, do you know what as bank holidays go that made me feel like it yeah. was a proper British m- memorable one in a weird way I, I mean I actually felt for you because obviously you, your lovely family's on the other side of, of the world in uh, and um, with their other man yeah <laughs> No, but like, I see they're having great fun out there. But I did actually really feel for you. I was like, oh, now I feel bad oh, for Brian. I did. Oh, mate. I did. You you know? don't, you'd have to worry yeah. about me, mate, yeah. because on Saturday, I got to sit and watch the UFC uninterrupted in the middle of the day with uh, a couple of beers, sat there, me and my dog watching U- UFC Russia, which is what this podcast is supposed to be about, UFC MMA. Yeah. So uh, uh, so let's, let's first of all, just uh, welcome people back. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Number seven, mate. Number seven. seven we've been given eight potential trials what, yeah they haven't told us yet mate whether we, oh, man, we're going back and mate it's nerve-wracking yeah, how are you sleeping past, at night you're right i past the trial <laughs> so hopefully we'll get some, i might be guilty <laughs> we'll get some news on that but we just want to say thank you again for all the support we're getting we're getting loads of messages and uh tweets uh and obviously the reviews and everything else so keep keep doing that we've got another episode next week for you this week we're going to recap ufc st petersburg we've got two amazing interviews set up by yourself mate this is how being connected, globally yeah. connected, Mr. Brad Pickett is. The Ream, over Ream, off the back of his victory in St. Petersburg, joins us uh, uh, for an interview. Dustin Poirier, we woke him up a little bit early, didn't we, mate? Yeah. We did. We've got him join us, new interim lightweight champion. And you'd done the maths on your thing saying we'll be ready at 10 o'clock and it's 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. In, in the morning. Well, I him. thought he was on the East Coast. I don't know where Louisiana is. Louis, I, don't, I wouldn't know the no, time. Is, yeah. I'm not going to blame you, but let's just say we've got him me. and it was... Once the coffee kicked in, we were all good, right? All good. Uh, all good. We'll also talk about a couple of crazy stories going on in the in the world of MMA. UFC Fort Lauderdale, that's coming up next week. I think that's the sleeper card of the year, mate, to be honest. And then we've got a few questions from listeners. So you all set and ready? I'm uh, all buckled in. Buckled in. Yeah. Nice of it. Let's talk about it. So St. Petersburg was, was a decent enough card. There were some standout performances. Uh, Magomed Mustafa against Rafael Fazayev. The first three fights, in fact, all finished in under two rounds. The first two in the first round and the second, the third one in the third round. Uh, Magomed Mustafa finished uh, Rafael Fizayev with a spinning heel kick and punches in 1 minute 44. That set us off. Following that, uh, Mikhail Olsechuk, who stopped John Vellante in 94 seconds before in his last fight, beat Gadzi Morad and Tigulov. What a name that is. Knocked him out in the first round. And then Shamil Abrakhimov beat Mar- uh, Marcin Tibura in the second round 
by KO as well. Look at that first three fights, three of the hardest names you'll ever say in your life. So that, what they did to help the commentators out. So longer out. to say the names than the, fights, <laughs> than went the fights went on. But that set the tone. And I actually enjoyed it, mate. There was there was a, a, some really really good fights and then obviously topped with, with Alistair over yeah. at Ream at the top. Um, what did you think of his performance against Olniak? Well, that was the thing is, and you can see that we had two different weekends planned. My plan was, I was away in the Isle of Wight with the family and you were stuck at home. <laughs> I was hanging out with Russians so I, again, I mate. I actually didn't get to watch it live. I, I caught up and watched, it, watched the Alistair fight and uh, yeah he, he, he performed me again really well in sight I found it quite strange that um, Olenek um, kept him you know trying to get him in the clinch where that's where Alistair Overeem is at the at his best really um, found it kind of weird seeing him pull guard um, Olenek that'll do mate that'll do okay I'm murdering someone's name here um but um, yeah, but I, I thought it was, it was quite a, a good performance by him. Obviously, we saw um, him on the back foot first of all. You know, obviously it was a five round fight, and uh, it, it started off at a frantic pace, especially for heavyweights. But I think once Alistair Overeem kind of felt that he, the power wasn't there from you know from Olenek, 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 Olenek. Yeah, okay. Um, I think he felt really comfortable and just by this time and, and a few well-placed knees you know had, had his man crashed into the canvas and uh, finished off with some good uh, devastating ground and pound yeah, nasty ground and pound as well but those knees were, were, were the difference uh, but we, we, we can talk about the fight or we can talk to the man who was in the fight what would you rather uh, talk to the man who was in the fight let's do that then so look we are going to be joined by Mr Alistair Overy we will let you know he's uh, in transit with about 74 kids running around him <laughs> with us on speakerphone I think a helicopter was landing near him at one point please sirens please sirens yeah, it, it yeah. was on my estate basically okay. it was on my estate for bank holiday um, so we will now let's go and be joined on the phone by Mr Alistair Overy Okay, so we are joined by one half of the main event from UFC St. Petersburg, Alistair Overeem. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Firstly, thanks for joining us. It's me, Brian Lacey, with an old mate of yours, Brad Pickett. H- how are you, mate? Spending some time in my lovely native Netherlands. Always great to come back here and even better after, uh, you know, a win. Good vibes indeed. And uh, uh, getting back to, to, to home, how long do you have to spend away when you do the camps? I know you're at Elevation now. Is that two, three months you're away from your family and friends? Speaking of focus, one of the questions that I've kind of got for you, that was your 90th professional fight. Is that correct? With kickboxing and MMA. Boxing, K1, MMA, everything together, 90th. 90th time I went on the mat or in the ring. Made the walk. That's that's crazy. Have you? Is that set in your mind how, how nuts that is, how close to 100 professional fights that is? Is that the target for you to hit that one zero zero and then maybe disappear into the distance? I have not decided on that yet. I might not do it. You, you you can't finish on ninety nine. No way. <laughs> you, even if you do one in the garden with someone, you have to like at least hit a hundred. So let's let's talk about your last fight. How happy were you with that performance? That finish. I know that was a, a an opponent you're familiar with as far as you've trained together before, but uh, not not an easy fight. It might have just been one round, but he came at you with the kitchen sink to start with. He wanted to take me out in the first round. <laughs> he wanted to get it over with him. And uh, that's always dangerous, right? I mean, yeah, you 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 sometimes have uh, fight is more strategic. You sometimes have fight that only want to take it to the ground. You sometimes it's always you never know. And that's that's a little bit. Of, but he just came at me straight away, so that was like a big uh, shocker, especially when it's five rounds, right? Uh, you, people don't do that. You've been through uh, different promotions and you, you've claimed belts in, in all these different promotions. So Dream, uh, uh, talk, talk to me a bit about the Pride Days. There's a lot of crazy stories. How, how amazing, how nuts was it being involved in those huge Pride events? Well, I have to say I was really impressed by the, the, the show element of Pride. Yeah. It was really, really done well with, with artistic um, flavor. And uh, the Japanese fans are awesome, right? I mean, the biggest fight event that I fought at was 88,000 people. I fought Chuck Liddell. Oof. And the promotion was just crazy. You would go to uh, a subway station and it would be like uh, 
huge posters all over the place. The team behind Pride was great. The stage team, but also the promotional team, the images that they created, the videos, it was just all wonderful. And uh, very, very proud to be a part of that. There was this show, K1 versus uh, Pride. So cross-promoting K1 guys in, in Pride and Pride parties in K1 fights. And you had this promoter, Inoki, he was one of the figures. He actually jumped out of a plane over the arena. So he's like, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 30,000 feet flying, jumping out. And he has a camera on his head. And he is, and this is in like a stadium, right? So yeah. it's an open, uh, open air stadium. It's like, I don't know, 100,000 people. Huge. I think it's the biggest MMA event ever. And he's you can kind of see the ring in the middle is lighted up. The stadium is lighted up. And he's landing right in the middle of the ring. <laughs> that's crazy. That's the of, but the promoter actually jumping from a plane and landing. In Dude, the I would love to see Dana White do a skydive into the Las Vegas arena. That would be something special. Alistair, trying to pick your brains. Do you remember the first time we ever met? 2004 or something? Uh, you may not remember as well as myself, but I remember I was, I was training out in Sweden with Serwan Kakai and, and, and Akira. And uh, the first time I ever met you was walking into uh, the, the gym and someone told me to go get something from the cupboard. And uh, I went to go get some pads from the cupboard and you were hiding in the cupboard. And you, <laughs> and you, jumped, out, cupboard. Yeah, and you jumped out and pounced on me and we started grappling for like 10 minutes. I do not remember. <laughs> you, I do. You were just I another do. bantamweight that he crushed. <laughs> I, I, I just had to drive. I was trying to fend you off for like 10 minutes. And then then you got tired and then, then, then it was fine. But yeah. And did, did you spend a lot of time in that cupboard, Alistair? Was that, were you naughty and they sent you there? Was it like the naughty step for heavyweights? What, what's the deal with this? I did uh, spend a lot of time in Gothenburg, but not in that cupboard. <laughs> Uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your new team as well, because you've joined Elevation Fight Team. That's over in Colorado. Uh, two fights under them, two wins, two first round finishes. Something seems to have clicked with you uh, in these last two fights. Is is it down to this change, this this joining this new team? Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, uh, I, I I think I always put in the work, but uh, it depends what kind of work are you putting into it. I have to say that I really connect with the with the coaches in Team Elevation. Great guys, you know, same mindset, same attitude, same energy, same chemistry. And, um, you know, I go to the gym, I'm just improving every day. And that is something that was, was lacking in the previous camps already for a little bit. You know, and you try to compensate, you try to make it work, you try to do your best. It's nobody's fault, right? I think it's a wrong thing to, to blame uh, somebody. You have to always look what is best for you. And, 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 and sometimes some relationships... I mean, I'm still very good with the Jackson guys. When I see them, there's always a hug. There's no bad vibes whatsoever. But, yeah, you have to always look for the best chemistry, right, for the best input. And I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect when I went for the first time to Denver to check it out. But immediately I was like, hey, something's going on here. And by day three, I was like, uh, I'm going to switch, I'm going to change. And I had not even spoken to the Jackson team or to anybody, but I just made that decision by myself. The relationship is good. I'm improving every day. The max is yet to be seen. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought because you've you've conquered every division that you've you've stepped into before. That the, the UFC belt is still elusive as far as in your career, but with the the performances you're putting on now, and also with the layer of the heavyweight division, do you, do you think this is the best time for you to now step forward to to maybe get that opportunity with with where the belt's at? It looks like. Brock Lesnar might be coming back to fight Daniel Cormier for one, then Cormier might be disappearing. But underneath that, it's, I mean, it's, it's whoever gets their head above the uh, the parapet could really be next in line for the title shot. Do you think that? Well, you know, I don't really want to talk too much about the title. I'm just really focused on me. I know that, um, you know, we have two first-round KOs, but we just need to keep going, take a little time off, and then we're going to aim for, uh, for September, fight again, September return. I would like to say that uh, Volkov would be a nice fight because we were slated to fight. I was really prepared well. Then two weeks before the fight happens, you know, opponents get changed. I would like to still finish that fight because my camp was geared towards him. I'm quite certain I would uh, beat him up too. So, um, 
interested in the Volkov fight still. And besides that, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Hey, well, look, we're we're excited to see you back uh, performing again. Congratulations again on the victory this weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy your family. Enjoy this time back in Holland before before the uh, the grind starts for your ninety first fight camp. That is even nuts to say. So, uh, all the best, you. Thank you very much for the time today, mate. Thank you, Alistair. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hey, you too. Take care, brother. Thank you. So there we have it. That's the Reem enjoying uh, some time at home with his family after knocking out somebody. What a weekend that is, isn't it? Smash somebody in the main event in the UFC, then just pop back to uh, to to Holland and just chill out with your family and kids. Fighter's life. Fighter's Fight life, life, mate. It's so distant from me, mate. That's it. <laughs> uh, so that that's Alistair Overeem. Stunning performance from him. He's off. I mean, Vol- that Volkanov would be be the fight. Get, get that back on. Obviously, yeah, that was lined up. It fell through, and like. Like he said, when you kind of like training for a person and you had the mindset for that person, it makes sense to rebook it. Really, you yeah. know, both fighters know that both already said yes once. Uh, I think the rankings one apart. I think yeah, Alice so seven, seven and, 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 and Volkov was six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it makes sense. I, I don't think uh, Asa over him has done yet enough to get one of the at the top of the, the pile. So I think this fight here, if he wins now free on the bounce uh, with a good performance, he puts him right back up there, you know. I'm just trying to think of his career. 91 fights will be his next fight. Can you even comprehend that? You, how many fights did you have in, in MMA? 40. 40, man. And then I've had like... How does he 11, look so good still? 11 boxing. How does he look so good? I mean, he's still, you know, he's we still We have a got... bit of a different fighting style. <laughs> And also, I don't know if the listeners, the, I don't know if I said on this podcast, but any listeners out there, if they do know, I broke my nose playing basketball. I've told this many that's, times. That's right. You did break yeah. it playing basketball. All the other bits and weird things going on with yeah, your face. Yeah, my cauliflower face was made by MMA, but my but nose was actually nose, the, uh, done you're, by playing basketball. It's a tra- dangerous sport, basketball. Your trademark knows. Well, speaking of, speaking of somebody else who's had plenty of fights and has earned their way to uh, to where they stand right now, Dustin Poirier has joined us as well. Now, you did tell him it was... Nine, 10 o'clock and it's 9 o'clock over there oh, I said look I said to him look, stop, just because you're the chat man you're not calling the shots here. I'll right, tell mate. you when you're going to do it no, I'm, I'm glad because yeah. what, I, what I'd be and upset I told him when he was going to do it but yeah. I got the time wrong <laughs> <laughs> so so that's why he was a little bit surprised by the time we didn't tell him what country it would be in 10 o'clock in did we, we, we it was could, 10 o'clock at some point in, yeah. some, in some part of Indonesia the somewhere yeah, yeah yeah something like that so yeah. uh, look let's wait no more let's 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 meet the uh, the new interim lightweight champion let's, uh, let's get Dustin Poirier on the phone So here we are. We are joined very early in the morning, an hour earlier than expected. Thank you, Mr. Brad Pickett, by the newest addition to the champions role uh, of the UFC, Mr. Dustin the Diamond Poirier. First of all, mate, sorry. We're so sorry. Have you even had a coffee this morning? I'm about making one right now. <laughs> this is not this is not the way a champion should be treated, is it? Don't don't worry, I'll be having a word with, with Brad Pickett after this. But as you're making that morning coffee, does it does it taste a little different uh, when you're holding it in the champ's hands? Of course. Everything tastes better. Everything looks better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, we've got to say, because we, we, we gave you a load of props on, on the last episode, just about the journey you've been on, what what this road to the title has been for you, and paid in full says it all. I think that is the best phrase to sum up where you've come from to where, what you've achieved now. And uh, we, we first of all just want to say congratulations. It, mu- it must still feel absolutely crazy, even a week, week in, seeing that belt in your house. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the support and and all the kind of things you said, but it still feels surreal, man. Even over a week later, just holding the belt. But uh, I do understand that this is a piece of the world title. I have to unify the belt and become the undisputed world champion. That's my goal. But this is a a representation of all the hard work, all the sacrifice. You know, it, it just feels good. It feels right to have this belt here at my house. It feels like it's supposed to be here. Where's it actually sitting in your house? Is it like, have you got it up I, on the wall? Or well, I've got to ask this question because whenever I bring anything new into my house, no matter whether I've achieved it or done anything amazing to, to make it happen, my wife will let me have it like visible for about four, four, five days maybe. So it'll sit around and then she, she puts it somewhere. Has, has your wife tidied it yet? It's up until yesterday, it's been on my kitchen table because, I, I mean, <laughs> my, my bedroom is right by my kitchen table. So when I walk out of my bedroom, I see it every morning touch it my daughter can come downstairs and, and she wants to touch it too yes. uh, but now it's up like I have an entertainment center where my TV is now it's up in the spot that we originally 
always said where we're going to put it. I almost put a picture of it in that in that shelf just like a, a year and a half ago just to put it up there, just to try to bring it in, in the house, just to bring a picture of it in the house. And uh, we never we didn't end up doing the picture, but I put the real thing, so that'll, that'll work. Dude, I've got to ask you a question as well because you are now the third person to get one of the new style belts. So I'm going to ask you one question in two parts. When you first saw the UFC had changed the belt, what was your initial reaction to the the belt that they they put out as as what as, as a statement when they said this is what it's going to look like? And now you've seen the belt. What what's your thoughts? Now you've held it. What are your thoughts on the new style of uh, UFC belt? Originally, I, I didn't like it too much. I thought it was uh, too futuristic looking, but but also, I grew up watching the UFC, and the belt had never changed, and, and the image of the belt in my head yeah. was was the old style, you know. So I always envisioned myself holding one of those one day. But uh, it's growing on me, man. You know, it, it's really nice. But I'm a little bit with D- Dustin here. Obviously, like you say, you visualize so much for that belt, and, and and like part of being a fighter, you see a lot of fighters have image boards of the, what they want and want to achieve. So if you're working so hard to get one thing and then now it's all, all it's hard to envision that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I can see where Dustin will be coming from, yeah, but yeah. it's more of the journey to look, accomplish what he has done that means the most, if you know what I mean. Uh, I, I, I get that. I, I've, also, I've also got to say, Dustin, so I watched the fights uh, down at Brad's house. We, we watched them together. We put them on the big screen. And uh, after the fight, I turned to my right. And while you were getting the belt and when your wife was coming in, there was a very misty-eyed Brad Pickett on the couch, <laughs> mate. And I, 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 I almost had to swap seats and just hold him for a little while. But he was uh, he got he got real emotional in it. And, and, and we sort of talked about it afterwards and, and what, what it meant and seeing you achieve that. So, so I'll just let Brad sort of sum that up that moment. But I mean, I don't know if Dustin's um, can relate to this. I'm a very emotional man anyway, right? But then also after having kids, I kind of get way more emotional. And then just seeing like Jolie, because I know Jolie obviously and yourself for a long time. So I just know the journey you've both been on and also now your little daughter Parker. Yeah. And just know what it means to you and your family. Uh, and like that, he, he did. I got a bit of a, got a bit, a bit. I was cutting onions. That's what mate, it was. Mate, he was <laughs> fully welled up. So I just wanted you to know that, that that you're doing this across the sea. You're having this effect on fully grown men. That's uh, that's, that's well, <laughs> fully grown, fully grown warriors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. I mean, like, but uh, a, a few people have told me the same thing. Uh, a few people told me uh, they cried and, and stuff like that. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, I definitely get a lot more emotional now through happiness, if that makes sense. Th- things I'm really happy yeah, for, for people, sure. I get way more emotional than I used to. Um, yeah, but like I say, and, but how's this uh, um, achieving your compliments uh, other than your bowling? You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know I mean, I think you've only beat me a couple of times, uh, you know, like, uh, we went to bowling alleys. Um, you know, I'm still working on my bowling. I'm trying to get a trophy next to the belt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you still go a lot? Of, do you still go a lot with Brownie? Obviously, I know you moved back to Louisiana, but when you're in camp and stuff, I remember we used to go a lot just to, you know, just like days off sort of thing. And you have a really weird style of throwing the ball as well. You know, you, <laughs> but you had your. He was the first, but you was the first person to buy his own ball. We took it real seriously. Oh, yeah. mate, yeah. that's a statement of intent. Yeah. If you walk in with your own your own bowling ball, buddy. Yeah. This last training camp for the t- for the title fight, we didn't go. But the one before that, we went a few times. I, I still go, but not not as often. Me and Will Brooks used to be on a league. That's why we were going so much. <laughs> Look at the rock and roll. Like we, yeah. we picture what fighters' lives would be like. It's all rock and roll. But when it comes down to it, it's all sacrifice and but, bowling. That's it, is it? But as fighters, yeah. you, you learn to compete in everything. So like, <laughs> even when you're not competing in the gym, you find something outside of the gym to compete in. It'd be basketball. As far as you can be in everything, you know, yeah. So right, yeah. Quite, yeah. Everything becomes a competition. Yeah, hundred percent. No, do well. Let's let's just jump back to this this fight briefly because I want to ask a question about how this fight came about because I I heard a rumor on the grapevine initially the first fight that you were offered was Tony Ferguson then the issues with uh, Ferguson having to step away for a little while uh, happened and then Holloway came up. Is that is that right? No, I, I never got offered Tony Ferguson. Ah, okay. So it was Max Holloway right from the start. And what was your thoughts on that with him jumping up as a champion initially for, for you? What was your first reaction to that fight? You know, I, I was getting kind of antsy. I, I went to South Dakota at the beginning of January just to start training because I felt like, you know, after beating Pettis and Gaethje and stopping Alvarez, uh, I just <laughs> knew 
those were all three main events. Two of them were on Fox. All One well, former Fox world Sports. champions as well. Yeah. 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 Thank you. All, all former champs. And, uh, I knew something big was coming. So I just went out to, to Florida in January, you know, the first week of January. And then I was there maybe six or seven weeks and I started to get antsy again. I'm like, I still haven't got a call. I don't know what's going on. So I called Dana myself and spoke to Dana and just, I was pushing for big fights. And then I heard from a reporter that they were making Max Holloway versus Tony Ferguson for the belt. And uh, Tony Ferguson and his t- camp ended up turning the fight down. And I was the next guy in line. And, and then they called me. So that, that's the way the, the thing unfolded. Dude, that's that, that's crazy. And an opportunity knocks and is taken 22 fights in the UFC. That's uh, the second most fights. We learned that off of uh, Mike Brown's post just after after your fight. Who's who's the first then? Because who who was who's had the most fights? Well, Michael Bisping. Bisping, of ah. course. There we go, Bisping. Uh, but twenty-two fights, mate. And you you look back, and we're going to jump back to twenty fourteen and, and that Connor fight when the spotlight was so, so on you and and uh, and such a big fight. What what was the combat period like after that? When when all was said and done, and all that pressure under that fight, and all the things that happened with it, what was it like after that? Trying to get back on this horse and and keep pushing for that ground. Was there ever any doubt after that that, that you'd be where you are now? You know, there were times in my career after losses where I doubted everything. You know, but you know, like I, I'm strumming, I'm beating the same drum over and over. But my wife believed in me, and my team believed in me, and you know, I believed in myself. But it's easy to get negative when when stuff like that happens but i just got back to work got back to the drawing board i've I've always been able to adjust and change and and learn lessons and bring them with me into the next fight you know i'm resilient man i i pride myself on being able to to stay true to the path and overcome things and just keep pushing forward a lot of times guys break but i just i always uh appreciated guys like robbie lawler guys like michael bisbee you know people who've had the rough road but ended up becoming a champion I, i those are the guys that i always look up to Am I right in saying that Conor McGregor was actually your last fight at 135 as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and the old wrestling coach at American Top Team, Kami Barzini, went have lunch one day after the fight, and he said, you know, it's time to move up because uh, we knew I could only have a, maybe two more, three more max weight cuts to 145. It was just becoming too much on my body. And if I would have beat Conor, I would have fought for the belt, so it made sense to make the cut a few more times. But after this, we knew the road back would have been multiple fights, and uh, my body just couldn't make 145 anymore. Uh, and I was going to ask you this question as well, because obviously Holloway made that move up to to, to to fight 155. You've done that move. You've grown into into the lightweight division. You've looked phenomenal as well. Just that list, that, that sentence you said of the last three fights before this one, Gaethje, Alvarez, Pettis, those, those that's just, uh, and you've fought a killer's row. You've absolutely fought the best of the best in the 145 and, and, and the 155. all really good entertaining fights. You yeah, know, crazy really, good yeah. fights. Crazy good fights. Uh, but with when you look at Holloway, first of all, what, what an opponent he was to have for, for this title fight but when you are looking at him as a 145 or a 155 do you think he should jump straight back down do you i mean how many fights did it take you to feel that you you belonged or you physically felt right in in the 155 division after making the jump up i felt good from the first fight but uh yeah the first fight i i, I moved up i felt good obviously it took a little while for my body to get adjusted to the weight class and grow it's one thing to weigh to have to cut down to 155 and weigh that much it's another thing to Get your body used to that weight. That sure. takes months and months. And also, I, I, I think Holloway can fight again at 55 and do well. You know, I'm just a powerful guy at this weight, I, I think, and it showed in this fight. I don't think it was anything that he did wrong or that he, he wasn't prepared for. I think it was just everything I did right, you know. I, I got to agree with that as well. We we watched that first round and straight away both of us were commenting that you just looked like you, you were the, the more powerful striker in there you were causing so much damage the knee especially in uh was it the fourth round that you caught him with the the, the knee um i believe the fourth yeah, yeah. The, the fourth i mean just a, a back and forth battle but it just felt for me that the the edge in that fight was your pressure when you were on the front foot and then also your power the the ability to cause damage and my god what what is max holloway's head made of because you threw everything at him right Everything. There's only two <laughs> fights that I've walked. I've, I've walked away, and and both hands were sore for a couple of days. I'm like, I think that's how you get arthritis, man. <laughs> 
It was him and Justin Gaethje. Oh, boom. Yeah, it's yeah. two of the toughest heads in the sport, without a doubt. So obviously now that sets you up for a massive fight with uh, Khabib, how do you feel yourself matching up to Khabib? How can you, uh, obviously, you know, you got to feel you have a striking advantage, but obviously well, I know that how good you are wrestling and on the ground as well, but where do you feel you strengths lie in this fight? I, I think I, uh, just my overall fight IQ, what I bring into the cage, just being good everywhere, kickboxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, I can do it all. And, and you know, I just don't think I'm going to be overwhelmed in any category of, of those things I just listed. Yeah. I, I can switch. I can I can mesh everything together and just make it a tough night for him. I, I know I can do it. I'm going to beat Khabib Nurmagomedov in September, man. <laughs> just gave me chills thinking about that, mate. That's uh, that's awesome. And is there any indication of where that fight will be? I mean, would you like it in Russia? Would you like it in his backyard? There's rumors of Dubai in uh, in September as well. Is this a, is this one you're willing to take a trip out of America to 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 go and get the rest of the title? As you said, you got a piece now to to complete it. Is is this something you're willing to travel to go and do in his backyard? Yeah, I'm the challenger. Like I said, I have a piece of the world title, so I have to do what I have to do. I have to fight where I have to fight to get that belt. You know, if I was the undisputed world champ, then I can maybe nudge the UFC in a different direction of where the fight's going to be. But as a challenger, I have to accept the challenge and, and I have to meet it. And I'm I'm ready to do that wherever it be. But I'm hearing word it's going to be in uh, Dubai. So that might be where I win the world title. And we, we may have to make a trip out there, I'll mate. Come and see, see that. My brother lives there, mate. So I might come and see you do that. Um, there's uh, there's been some pretty amazing things happen. I mean, it's it's only a week in the, the life of this this new uh, uh, championship status that, that you've found. You've earned yourself. But uh, I listened to the Teddy Atlas pod, podcast this morning with my uh, with my breakfast and my coffee. I don't mean to be rubbing salt in the wound if you've not had any coffee yet, Dustin. I do apologize <laughs> once again talking. for how stupid Brad's maths is. But um, what what a moment that was hearing Teddy Atlas and and the genuine. Um, well, first of all, understanding of, of what is taking you to get to where you are, but then also just his his gratitude for having you on his podcast to hear some of the words he said about how you represent a champion and, and you can be a role model for, for people for, for years to come with, with the way you've carried yourself and how you continue to carry yourself. What what sort of a moment? Is that a pinch yourself moment, talking to Teddy Atlas for 25 minutes? Yeah, just him reaching out to me and, and sending me a message and saying, hey, I want you to come on the podcast and, and you know, you are a champion. Like, just, just him messaging me was mind-blowing because I'm a fan of the guy. I've always respected the way, the way he speaks about fighting. He's very artistic. He's very well-spoken. And uh, I'm just, I like to listen to this guy speak. So for him to reach out to me was a big, was a big moment for me. So I, I, of course, agreed to jump on his podcast and, and all the things he was saying, all, all the compliments he gave me. You know, I didn't know he watched him mixed martial arts. Uh, having such a deep boxing background, he has. Um, but I guess he appreciates all combat sports. It was amazing, man. He, I have a nonprofit. He donated some money to the nonprofit. He sent me some signed gloves and a really nice letter. He wrote that I'm going to frame and keep forever. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it was surreal, man. Wow. So it's quite similar to uh, when I asked you to be on my podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Same exact thing. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I was thinking. Uh, listen, listen, I've got, I've got to jump back just, just to moments before, before the fight. So when you're in the, the locker room and you're making this walk. Was anything different? Did everything feel the same? Do you, do you have any habits? Do you like before a fight? I know Brad's Brad likes to cry a bit, hide hide in cupboards. Uh, you know, you sometimes find just in the toilet shaking a little bit. But that's that's just his process before he gets out there. Have you? What I mean, was it different? Do you have anything that you always do before a fight? And was anything different before this one? Not not really, man. I uh, when I was a younger fighter, I used to have things that I would always do the same because it made me feel good. You know, it made me feel like I'm good luck and things like that. But I, nowadays, this point in my career, I've been fighting so much and, and so long that I do things differently on purpose leading up to the fight just to switch it up and keep it fresh for me. It felt like just another fight night. I, I mean, the title was on the line, but I was trying my best to like make it just another fight. I didn't want to make it anything bigger than it was because at the end of the day, I was going in there and fighting another five-round fight. My last three or four fights had been scheduled for five rounds. So I was just looking at that. And uh, I just wanted to perform well. And if I, if I fought for my potential, I knew I was going to beat a world champion when I left that arena. Uh, but everything felt good. You know, the nerves were normal. I, I was nervous and, and anxious, but that's how I am every fight. So I'm getting used to that type of stuff. So like I'm saying, it's like um, the more experienced you become, you, I, I, I can relate to this as well. You, you kind of learn to believe in yourself rather than a color 
shorts you're wearing or the you just yeah. start to believe in your own ability and and yourself and, and like you said God, Dustin your confidence showing leading up to the fight and even during the fight you know looked uh, you know you didn't get you wasn't really scared at any point in the whole match you stay very calm composed all the way through it and, and yeah you, you fought and looked like a world champion throughout that whole fight Thank you, Brad. That means a lot to come from you, man. I really appreciate that. He's welling up again, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's getting a little bit misty-eyed. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin. Uh, you talked about some of the good decisions you've, you've made as a young fighter coming through. There was There's a couple of not-so-good decisions you made as a young man. I saw you talking about on one of your interviews, your old interviews, about a tattoo with dice and flames. Was that your first tattoo at the age of 14? Is that right, Dustin? Yeah, yeah, I'm on my shoulder. That sounds, that sounds cool. <laughs> well, what, 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 <laughs> what, why flames on dice, Dustin? Why do the dice have to be on fire? I don't know, man. Why not? <laughs> well, that's the best answer ever. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Why not? You've also got, you've got four very important ladies' names on your, uh, on your body, right? You've got your daughter, your wife. My mother and my grandmother. Yes, I do. Man, that's, that's amazing. Because uh, when I research for uh, for fight, uh, interviews and stuff like that, I was watching one of the videos about your tattoos. And, uh, is Mike Brown going to make it appearance? Is... He's going to get a tattoo of Mike Brown. Make it five ladies. <laughs> yeah, I need to put him on there, man. He's on the list. He's forever part of my journey. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. But my, I, I was quite glad my wife was away this week. When I usually research, she's usually in the rooms. Just, just she'll see what I'm doing. But she's been dying to get me to tattoo her name on me somewhere, mate. So uh, if you could just keep that down from now on, then you might save a few of us other blokes from getting female names on us. Is that all right? I don't know, man. Right on the neck is it looks like a good spot <laughs> for you, I believe. <laughs> I, I'm not arguing with you, mate. If you came over here and told me to do that right now, that that's what would happen. Let's let's give you a shout to your uh, uh, the Good Fight Group as well. So this is a charity you've set up yourself. You and your wife have set this up, um, and this is at the minute you're you're raising money. Is this to build a, a school playground for disabled children? Is that right? Yes, sir. It's uh the Good Fight Foundation is the name of the of the nonprofit. But thegoodfightgroup.com is the website. You can go read, uh, donate, and uh, find out more information about things we've done and what we got going on. But right now we're raising money to build a. Uh, a playground for disabled children here in, in my home state. I'm just trying to benefit as many people and give as many people a reason to cheer and, and another reason to fight for. You know, I just want to make people happy, man. Well, you've, you've made me yeah. happy because you made yeah. Brad cry. So that's that's one person at a time <laughs> around this planet. I actually remember, this guy kind of slipped my mind, I remember that's your first time ever seeing you in physical person. I was actually cornering against you uh, with Jason Young when you fought Jason Young in Canada. And I remember, remember seeing you then. You, I was like, man, this kid's tough, you know. Cause you, you do well at it. Cause I know, I know Jason from training with him, being a real tough kid as well, Jason Young. And you used to, you know, went at each other, and that was a cracking fight back in those days as well. Yeah, that was a hell of a fight, man. Jason's tough. I, I hope he's doing well. I follow him on Instagram. I, I see he posts every now and then. He looks like he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's he's good. He always asks out for you as well. He 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 was a he was a gentleman, man. After the fight, he he was a real good guy. Uh, that's 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 awesome, and uh, uh, we'll let you go because we've we've woken you up early. You've not even had a coffee. Go get your coffee. That's it. Uh, yeah, so, so we'll let let you relax and enjoy yet another day, mate, and just soak this in as champion uh, of the UFC, mate. So much uh, appreciated again, Dustin. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me, man. I'm going to go hold my belt for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> go polish it. Go polish it. All right. Enjoy. Have a great day, mate. Take care. Yeah. You too. Thanks. So there we have Dustin Poirier. What a man, hey? That is now, that's my new role model. I'm taking your posters off the wall. Oh, mate. They're coming down. I'm tearing them down. Can't we just be put together? Put, that's, do you know what? That, that's why not? Idea. Side by side. I don't I'm know just, why I'm, I'm tearing not, you I'm down, mate. I'm just a pretty face. No, that's, that's right. That's it. I'll, I will keep, I'll keep only the posters where you're fully clothed up, all right? Okay. That is it, which isn't many. <laughs> which isn't many. I'm going to be honest. Um, what, what's that like talking to him now? Talking to the champion? Somebody that you, talk, you, you, you sort of remember coming in and... Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously, I... I I class him not just that you know as an acquaintance, a, a friend. You know, I, I know know him quite well. Hang around with him, and uh, like, like I say, being a champion is one thing when you win the belt, but how you conduct yourself as a champ. I mean, like he's a champion in multiple ways. Just like things he, he does for the community and stuff like. It's just like it was for me. He's like a people's champ as well, you know. And then as a fighter myself watching him the way he fights is just 
amazingly. He's not in a boring fight whatsoever. So for me, he's the complete package. You know, he can, conducts himself very well. He fights very well. Um, I think my wife says he's quite good looking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he'd be up there with my wife's as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, man. For me, and, and he's a generally, generally nice. He's a, a real, really good father uh, to uh, his daughter Parker. She's super cute. If you follow him on Instagram, you know, yeah, she's a very, very uh, cute kid. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a good family. They've got two dogs. The dogs are absolutely mental. I can't remember the dogs' names, but I remember every time I went around there, they they just go going crazy. But uh, yeah, so yeah, he's just a great guy. Great guy. And you just got to look at his record, who he's been through. The last one, two, three, four, five, six fights. Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez twice, Anthony Pettis, uh, Justin Gaethje, and Max Holloway. And that's not even counting if you jump back. Bobby Green, Joseph Dossi, Yancy Medeiros, Akira Corisani, Diego Brandao, Eric Coach, uh, Cub Swanson, Jonathan Brookings. The, the list is crazy. When you look at that, that, it's, is, it's, that is one of the best resumes in those yeah, divisions, yeah? Exactly. As I, like I said, like... Uh, he was like 22 fights before he got a shot. Obviously, we found out from himself. He let us know that it was actually... Um, Bisping. Yeah. Bisping being number one. I can't believe that slipped my mind. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's like like he's like paid in full, like you said. Yeah, they couldn't come a better phrase. Phrase from him. Uh, so that was UFC St. Petersburg. Next up, UFC Fort Lauderdale. Now, this card, I've I've... I've earmarked it as the sleeper card of this year so I mean far. you're going to fall asleep while watching it mate with with the people that are on it there is no way I'm falling asleep exactly. mate listen yeah. on this card it's had zero well not much press I think most press it's had is Romero coming off and Jack Hermanson stepping in to, to replace uh, Romero to take on Sousa in the main event on this card look at this pound for pound as far as people who win bonuses or what, just exciting fights. Jim Miller's on the card. Yep. Ben Saunders on the card. Andre Olovsky's on the card. Mike Perry takes on Cowboy Oliveira, which is no way that's, that's going to be yeah, a that's crazy fight. fight. Teixeira takes on Kutalaba, which is an, uh, they were scheduled, I think, a, a few months ago, and they've put that one back on. That's a, that's a nuts fight. That's a banger of a fight. And then you've got John Lineker, who you know very well. That Just list them without even knowing the opponents of the other ones. No way this card's going to be dull. No, not at all. No, not at all. It isn't like... Uh... Yeah, I mean, some real, for me, like you say, he'd be the fire, real fun fighters' fights I like to see. Like John Lineker, he's always in the barn burner. Jim Miller's always in crazy fights. Uh, Glover versus, um, uh, is it the Hulk? Yeah, the Hulk, yeah, Kutalabra. Yeah. yeah, so that's going to be a great fight. Both really good stand-up fighters. Both you know, knockout so. people, they're just yeah. scary dudes. So that's going to be an exciting fight. Also, Hermanson jumping in uh, as well. Um, you know, he's very. He, he showed that he's what I call MMA ground is you know world class. You know, but you see him against Jackarai. I honestly think yeah, this has potential of a, you know of a cracking cracking fight. You know, well, Jack Hermanson's almost asleep. And I've known him from the European scene for quite a while. So like he's been working his his way up there. There was he was in Cage Warriors for for quite a while. He fought on a show called uh, Warrior Fight Series in the York Corner. That's you, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not but, that long ago, uh, but and then he, and in the UFC he fought Scott Askham in I think it was like it was, they pitched it as sort of a battle of Europe, so the two of Europeans number one, and he beat Scott Askham. I believe it was by decision, and I think that was Scott Askham's last fight in the UFC as well. But that for, for me, when when those two met, that was the bar as far as them on the European stage. But now he's gone on and uh, his last three fights, three wins. Uh, three finishes. Yeah, as I say, he's not just winning; he's finishing guys at the highest level. You know, so he's yeah. But he's like you've been the last fight he brought David Branch, and he did the guillotine, the modified yep. guillotine. So the arm, the arm in is that what they how they do it? No, I, I think he done it. Uh, it's a weird one, setup. One arm was it? A one, was it a one arm guillotine? It was some. He did something with uh, uh, David Branch's arm to trap it, and it's a weird grip he's got anyway. So he's got like a modified guillotine. He finished him within forty nine seconds. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. This is what is it's similar to your right Faber's one. Yeah, okay. Where, where you, you you fall off to the side. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's the arm in guillotine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the arms. On the side on rather the side, than across. Not across your body, yeah, it's yeah. the other side of the body, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a bit like your right Faber used to have that guillotine back in the day. I uh, had a really good one, so I think it's a variation of that one. Uh, but he beat David Branch. David Branch, former champion in other 
divisions. He's he's had a pretty good run in the UFC. He beat him in 49 seconds. Gerald Mears-Chert, uh, he beat by guillotine choke in the first round. And Tally's Lates as well, he beat him uh, over three rounds. Now, that's 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 a decent enough thing, but is it good enough to take on Souza? We'll find out. That's, that's, that's the beat of this sport. You know, like, you start doing well, you get put in there and... Uh... You have a sink or swim. So we'll find out if he can swim with uh, uh, Jack Array. With a, with a croc- El Crocodile. Exactly. El Crocodile. And uh, Jack Array coming off the win um, against Chris Weidman, where he finished him in 2 minutes 46 by KO. So Jack Array, he's, he's been told if he wins this, he's going to get the next shot at whoever wins between Adesanya. Well, I think Adesanya. that should stand because he was going to fight Yo Romero. And if he'd have won that, it would have been that anyway. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you know. It's not his fault uh, Yoel Romero is out, so I think that should still stand if he, he has a good performance against Jack Manson. So, but when you look at their records, now this is so, so in his last four fights, he's gone lost, win, lost, win. So he lost to Whitaker, beat Derek Brunson, lost to Gastelum, beat Chris Weidman. Is that, if he gets two wins in a row, is that enough for a, a title it shot? It depends who you, it, it kind of shows who you're beating and who you're losing to. He's losing against contenders and champions. Champions, you know, mm. so it's not. A case of like you getting beaten by anyone, you getting beat by. He's like falling over at the kind of like the final hurdle a few times. So he, he's up there. He's always going to be up there, beating all these contenders. But he needs to try and not fall over at the final hurdle. If that makes sense. That make, that makes sense. So that that goes down this weekend. You can check out BT Sport. Go at uh, uh, and check out them. They'll be covering it all week. Uh, so you can go at BT Sport on Instagram and at BT Sport UFC on Twitter. So follow the social media and you'll be able to find out the scheduling for the programs this week. Um, in and around the other world of mixed martial arts, there's been a bit of crazy news. So <laughs> Darren Till as reported by the Daily Mail, uh, has been arrested for some fun activity in Tenerife. Bit of a lad's holiday. So t- <laughs> oh, mate, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't hear about any of this. this wait, Go well, on. listen, I'll, do it, I'll read it as it was reported. So basically, uh, him and four others, so five people, have been arrested They uh, uh, for ruining some hotel rooms, allegedly ruining Standard. some hotel Rockstar. rooms. Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar some fire extinguishers had been fully uh, expelled. And then this is my favourite bit. Accidentally, this is quite accidentally stealing a taxi. What? Accidentally <laughs> stealing a taxi. Well, how's that even an accident? How you, so how apparently, you... when they were getting kicked out of the hotel, while the taxi... I, don't think, I think it's impossible to accidentally steal anything. Yeah, mate, steal, well, steal. I'm quoting the words. Okay, I'm quoting right. the words. So, But what happened is apparently while the, the driver was putting stuff in the boot, they just, they just, they just accidentally jumped in the driver's seat they, and drove they, off. They, they, the way that they've used really weird phrasing in, in the article, so accidentally stole the, uh, the, the taxi and also um, took over the vehicle. So they didn't drive it, they took it over. It's like a transformer. They were able to just tell it what to do <laughs> with their Bumblebee. minds. Bumblebee. Um, me and my lads went on a canal barging holiday yeah. and top speed was four miles an hour on the canal. I took it up to six, mate. Crazy. <laughs> took it up to six. I remember crashing a uh, uh, a moped. Accident- it, were you accidentally driving I it? I accidentally driving it. I accidentally, actually accidentally crashed it into a parked car. <laughs> I, <laughs> Not even moving? No, it wasn't moving. It was parked. <laughs> Just to stay I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those ones where you know where like, you're not used to... You get a bit excited and you pull the foot, and then you get a bit scared, and you and your natural instinct is like to pull harder. Yeah, so, yeah, so you pull, got your so torque sent you back. Oh, flying, schoolboy. This is this is. Don't get yourself story. on a barge, I mate. Not, I got I no 19, problem on a barge. This is a true story, right? I was nineteen and um, I crashed into the, uh, the back of the car. The guy came out. He was outside a shop and uh, speaking loads of Turkish. I, I couldn't understand what he's saying, and then. His daughter came out. She was about my age. I was nineteen. I was good looking back in those days, and her, right? And uh, and honestly, she she kind of like just got a little word of his dad. She gave me a little wink, and then they, that was it. It was fine. It wasn't much damage, but he let me off. But I remember going back to the place that I, I uh, uh, hired it from. Right? <laughs> this is quite funny. Uh, and, and like, yeah, uh, he was like really complaining about like, scratches and all that stuff on, on, on the moped, and and I was like, well. I can't pay for it. And he goes, well, I'm not going to give you... I was like, I was a student. I was well broke, you know? And he's like, well, I'm not going to give you back your passport. I'm like, well, of course you are. Give me back my passport. <laughs> I got no money, mate. And then he was like, fight me for it. He, I, I was back in the... Oh, no. I, I had a... Oh, no. I had a, like a chain. I like could chain with some boxing gloves oh, on. Oh, no. Right? And he goes, and he goes, fight me. And I was like, 
Yeah, cool. <laughs> I got no. I fight yeah. you. It was, like, was kind of like a big Turkish kind of wrestler looking guy. And I was like, I mean, I've got nothing to lose here, mate. Yeah, like, yeah. Of yeah. course, you know, like I'm fine. I'll go. And then, then it kind of never escalated. I think he was trying to scare me into paying him some money, which I didn't have. Uh, but it didn't work. I was like, yeah, I'll go. So your little eyes but, light up a fight. Yeah, a scrap. But, but also I was 19 at the time. And people knew when I was 19. I used to think I was quite young. Tough and big. I was as skinny as a rake, <laughs> you know. Uh, my, my muscles and my abs were probably my ribs, you know. Wow. I, was, I was I was only probably weighed about sixty kilos, and this guy was a big dude. But I, I was quite fearless, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And then nothing happened in the end, so that's not as exciting story as it could have been. But <laughs> I could have made something up. But yeah, that was it. That was my time in Turkey. It was I quite love fun. it. And that guy's obviously retired from doing mopeds now after he got <laughs> taken on by a 19-year-old. Did you hear about Dan Dynamite? Is it I-G-E, I- uh, the Hawaiian fighter? Uh, he got a knock on his door at 6.30 a.m. with somebody asking to take his blood. And it wasn't USADA. What? Did you not hear about this? No. So this fighter, so he you you might best know him from his last fight. He was fought Dan Henry, the Scottish fighter at okay. UFC London. He uh, Rinaker choked him in the first round in like one minute fifty seconds okay. or something. So he's he's fought. Just camera story. This sounds really interesting. So he's he's living at home. He gets a knock on the door. He hears it again eight times. They end up ringing the bell and knocking the door. He comes downstairs. There's a lady outside, and he she said, uh, "I'm here to take your blood." So he just let her in. They start taking blood. And usually what happens, and I don't know if you can verify this, is there's they've got an iPad, which they yeah, do. Yeah, you sign it You off. sign yeah, it on yeah. it, yeah. And uh, also they they take some blood, but they said that she took three or four big vials, which was the most blood he'd ever had taken. And then he uh, he said, what about the paperwork? The lady went, we, it's all digitized now, so don't worry about it. I just need the blood. Took the blood. And then as she was about to leave, he kind of questioned the process because it was unlike any other USADA. Yeah. And uh, the lady said, you are John, aren't you? And Dan was like, no. And then she just left with his blood. <laughs> what? So, so somebody, she'd obviously come to the wrong house. But how random is that? That she'd tap on the house. Because like, if she tapped and, on and my the, house. And, and, and random and guys. And they were willing to give blood because it might be part of their day. So, uh, so <laughs> That is pretty mental. So he said he's obviously very worried now because somebody's got like three or four big vials of his blood so they could be doing anything with it. They could throw it around some crime scenes. Oh, mate. Yeah. yeah. They could. Uh, also, he's got no guarantee that she's from any medical because he doesn't he doesn't know who she is no so, so they knocked on that how nuts is that for for a story and how random is that that she would knock on the door of somebody at 6 30 in the morning who would then, actually be willing to give her blood yeah that is crazy that is, <laughs> that is crazy that is the crazy so that, if you want to follow more you can check out dan ike uh on on twitter he's, he's been continuing the story on there but that just made me smile so we got uh, darren till having some fun with some fire extinguishers and there could be if you get offered blood ufc blood on ebay just make sure you let that dynamite i would down. want to do that to tyson so i could like try and get some dna from mike tyson and create some like Super, super scary stud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. knockout. Listen, that's that's. Well, we're we're looking to that, mate. If this, if we don't get past eight weeks of this, our next plan is to get Mike Tyson's blood. Yes, I actually have a little piece of his blood. Believe it or not. Oh, and his, you've got some of his I shorts. Got, I've got a pair of fight, uh, fight one fight, shorts. As you know, same we'll say fight one sparring shorts that he sparred in where he was sparring. Come over for his fight for against Frank Bruno. And uh, he uh, got cut in sparring and his blood on his shorts. So there you go. Have so some of his DNA. They, we could go watch Jurassic Park it. and we'll yeah. just we'll figure out how they did What's Jurassic Park got to do with Because they took blood from a mosquito that was yeah, in true. amber. Okay. Yeah, okay. so it does make okay. sense. I'll be the brains behind this. You just provide me with the shorts and the blood, all right? Okay. Uh, so look, before we disappear, let's just do some listener questions as well. Once again, thank you for getting involved. We put it up on our social media. So at one underscore punch for Brad, at Brian Lacey MMA for for me and of course uh ufc on bt sport facebook page as well join that check that out we put all the updates all the videos any uh, uh stuff from bt as well that they're putting out as well so let me just find out what have we got here mate? i never know with some of these listeners if they're just your mates having a joke or if they are genuine listener questions all my listeners are mates just oh, put it out look there, at that right? mate you are honestly look. you've learned from dustin haven't you yeah you've learned so first one is from so this is ND047. It's my mate. On, uh, on Instagram. 
Uh, I'm trying to see who that's it. It doesn't actually give, it going, give a mate? name. Right? Yeah, it says, my name is Reed Paul from Bristol. Could you ask Brad if he likes eggies? Thank you so much. I'm a massive One Punch fan. Uh, well. What are eggies, mate? Well, I guess you're talking about chocolate eggies. eggies. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't like chocolate yeah, eggies, yes. mate? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> We've lost one friend. There you go. Uh, Charlie Anderson, 93 on Instagram. Question for Brad. I've been a big fan of yours since Cage Race all the way to the UFC. My wife, well, this took a turn. My wife is about to give birth to our son next week. Call it Brad. Brian. What? Come on. No. This, Brad. No, Brad, Brad, Brad. Brad, mate. Yeah, but you can't. That's, but he wants to inspire the kid. There's more of a story behind it. Brad. Why Brian? Well, he's mates with Brad. <laughs> much better isn't it so anyway we, we're not even in this we have an argument back and forth uh, can't decide about names can we help it settle, settle it which do we prefer Robert or Nathaniel okay he Ooh. thinks Robert and his wife likes Nathaniel but he says Nathaniel sounds like a name for losers obviously not not met Nathaniel Wood recently yeah. um, so uh, that's from Charles Sydney and Rushton so what, what Robert or Nathaniel it's got to be Nathaniel hasn't it yeah, I like Nathaniel because you short it up for the knife. But also, I like Rob because I have a good friend called uh, Robert Whiteford, you know. So it could be, you know, you know so yeah, I'm going to Nathaniel, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, mate. That's it settled. I hope you're happy with that. Send and us also, a picture uh, of the baby. It's, it's quite, uh, there's not so many Nathaniels out there, is there? There's quite a lot of Robs and Roberts. No, there's a lot of Robs. There's not, there's not that many Brads, but Nathan, Nathaniel. Brad, call it Brad, just, just so we don't get in between. Go Brad. Brad. Right. We'll settle it just to stop him talking about it, to be honest. <laughs> That's it. So on uh, UFC on BT Sport page on Facebook, uh, despite the heavyweight division being weak, do you think Overeem has now entered the gatekeeper position for up-and-coming talent, or do you think he has more, one more title shot in him? I think a gatekeeper uh, sort of phrase is a bit bit um, misinterpreted sometimes. Yeah. It just means, a gatekeeper just means where you're, 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 you're elite, the bar. You're elite. Yeah. You know? yeah. So if you if you're a young person, you need to beat this guy to legitimize, legitimize yourself. Well Go done, on. mate. Well oh, done. Just out. take the pressure off. Yeah, That's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah. So um, yeah. So doesn't mean he's not up there as well. I could have classed myself as a gatekeeper at some point where when I fought Thomas and made and stuff like that. You know that he was twenty and zero at a time or something like that. They had to fight me to you know that sort of thing. So it doesn't mean you're a rubbish fighter, but. Yeah, I think I, I think it's considered it's the bars. I think yeah. gatekeeper is almost sounds derogatory, doesn't it? Whereas yeah. actually, it's the test. Yes, that the is test. that's the yeah. litmus if test. If you get past this test, yeah, you're legit. You didn't answer the question, but that's fine. That's all right. You just explained what a gatekeeper was. But uh, do, do you think Reem is in that position? Yeah, or do you I think, think he is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you think that's where he sits. Um, Andy Haig uh, on our BT, UFC on BT Sport page has said, uh, he's asking the question, have BT given you guys the free run on the podcast yet? Uh, he, he says it's... Fingers crossed, guys. Keep sharing. Yeah. Keep plugging. This is nice. Did he's, you knock on how many people knocked on doors? Last wait, this week? he's this is a he's a lorry driver. He said this it keeps it it helps his journeys fly when he listens to you guys. So that's nice, isn't it? There you that's are. Good. But as a lorry not driver, falling asleep. Yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah, obviously that's big, not. Yeah. We're keeping them awake. We're exciting. We're engaging. We're entertaining. Bradley, yeah, do you remember that? To you for too long. Hey, hey, if you want something to fall asleep, listen to his comedy. <laughs> I do some beautiful songs uh, and oh this is a good question Josh Agdam um, says if the UFC was Europeans only who would be champions that's well, interesting well the European it? champions that we have at the moment so Habib Habib yeah uh, Shevchenko yeah yeah um, uh, who would be so oh, yeah, it's tough to say isn't it so lightweight you're probably looking at McGregor no because Khabib is oh no, no oh, who am I God. thinking about yeah how do I fly like an eagle when I'm working for Turkey <laughs> Dark, mate, dark. Who else is in there? So, uh, 135. 135. We're gonna Peter Yan or Nathaniel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's go. 45 let's, let's, let's do weight class. Yeah, there's two weight classes. So, basically, I'm just thinking of all the Russians that are in there. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Yeah. But then Russia's classes Europe and Asia. And Asia, so Euro-Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, that's so a good question, well, though. Wait. Maybe we should have a little think. Let us know what you guys think, hey? Well, wait, you got to be... Hashtag One Punch like Pod. Edwards, maybe? Yeah, well, it was Tiller Edwards. That's Till their, Edwards, their yeah. top 10 ranked or top 15 ranked yeah. uh, uh, middleweights. So, look, I reckon they can, we get listeners involved well, in that. You know, if that's the case, I'll come out of retirement and make a run at 135. Oh, 
Is this no official? Way. No, way. no, 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 good, good, far. good, mate. I've just seen you eat two packets of Mentos straight back. You ain't ready for this, mate. No, you ain't no. ready. Let's keep you in this safe, uh, safe, lovely dungeon that we have at BT's Towers. Um, so look, that'll be that's it for this week. We have got Fort, uh, UFC Fort Lauderdale. I'm really looking forward to this card, mate. Really looking forward. Well, to Well, unless hopefully it lives up to your hype, you know. Yeah, and I'm taking you to Moscow. Moscow. So, we must go. We must go. Rush off. Yeah. Uh, rush off. Terrible. Uh, yeah. But. Well, we, we can watch that together late at night at three in the morning after we finished our job. Because my flight's coming back. It's quite late, as you know. We changed yeah, the yeah, flight. Yeah, flight, yeah, yeah. We've got the whole day, mate, to hang nice, out together. Yeah. Hold hands. Go to yeah. museums. Do like we have separate hotels? No, I, no I didn't mean that. But I mean that now, actually. Instead of uh, separate rooms, do we have separate hotels? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we've got one room, mate. One room, one very cozy. Remember that first time? <laughs> Mate, that's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we we had they were the world's smallest beds. Yeah, but we did have two separate ones. The first time I did commentary with Luke Barnett, they put us in the same bed. So I was laying there Luke with the, the is a big man. He's a big six foot six, six foot six, and I went to take a selfie, and all I heard was no. <laughs> <laughs> So look, that's episode seven. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thanks again to uh, Dustin Poirier, to Alistair Overeem, to you, Bradley Pickett as well. Thank you. Uh, so we will be back with episode eight next Tuesday. Tune in. Mm-hmm.